You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Another packed edition of the show coming up here. Going to recap what we learned from BYU football media availability yesterday. Kalani Satake, as well as some of his players speaking to the media. Quote of the day coming from Isaac Rex. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about some of the stuff around BYU and their assistant coaches. When it comes to being 8 no, you're going to have people that are interested in your assistance. We'll talk about that. And, of course, we'll n- note everything else going on in BYU Sports News, including a very downer note with regards to BYU Sports Information Department. So a lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the show. It's all brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Go. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in the podcast. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's break into it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast from November 10th. 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to download your daily podcast, focus on the BYU Cougars with us here. One thing I always request, but I'm going to remind you one more time, if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, whichever podcast provider you're listening to us on. That way you never miss an episode of the show. Love talking BYU sports, and we do it daily. So make sure to join us each and every day. All right, kicking off today's show, BYU is on a bye week this week. So we're going to explore some different topics a little more in depth than we normally do because during the game weeks, it's a very busy time. We're getting ready for the upcoming opponent, and it's been seven straight weeks of that, folks. It's kind of funny to have a week off here, and it's not really a week off for the podcast, but a week off from the regular routine of having a game this week. So we're going to explore some things a little more in depth. One of them is BYU at 8-0 and the increased interest they're going to have as a staff. Uh, Kalani Satake obviously is going to have suitors coming after him. I'm not making this up out of thin air. I can tell you this much. There is going to be interest from some pretty high-level programs in my mind for a guy like Kalani Satake. He has proven he can build a great team at BYU, and that's easier said than done, folks. It's it's something that you need to be aware of. The nation is taking note of what BYU is doing and what Kalani has done. He has been taking a very measured approach, a very cautious approach. It took him five years to get things going. I think he had a little bit of a false start with the offensive staff that was hired during his first uh, couple of years with the Cougars. But since that time, it's been a pretty methodical build for BYU football. And there's going to be interest in Kalani Satake, but not just Coach Satake. There are going to be interest in his assistant coaches. And yesterday during BYU football media availability, we'll get to this first, he was asked about what he does to help his assistants in terms of their uh, profile in the coaching ranks, finding new jobs, etc. And also some of what his uh, mentors have meant to him, especially a guy like Gary Anderson, who just recently was let go from the position he held at Utah State after just 16 games in his second stint as the head coach of the Utah State Aggies. So first things first, let's get to the comments from Kalani Satake about Gary Anderson losing his job as well as his own assistants, speaking of Coach Satake's assistants, and what he's trying to do to help them further their careers. 
I have a personal connection with Gary Anderson, and so uh, I would not be here if it weren't for mentors that I've had in coaching, and I've mentioned a lot of them. You know, I've had great mentors in Lavelle Edwards and Kyle Whittingham, Gary Anderson, uh, Norm Chow. I know I'm leaving people out, but there have been some great coaches that have been part of my life, and, and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them and their mentoring. And so Gary Anderson gave me a chance at Southern Utah uh, to be a coach for him, and then he and Kyle gave me a chance at Utah. And so a lot of appreciation and love for, for him. And, um, you know, it's in, in regards to and – I, and I know what he's about. I know that he loves, um, you know, helping young men um, achieve their dreams and be the best versions of themselves. So – in regards to jobs, uh, I've said it before, I think we have great coaches on our staff that are future head coaches and our future coordinators and great leaders. And so uh, I'll always be in support of, of them um, climbing the ladder and getting their opportunities, just like other mentors have done for, for me. I mean, I've the mentors are still involved in my life. I mean, guys like Ron McBride, I got a text from him and Andy Reid and great coaches that are out there that, that take time out of their busy schedule to just, you know, check up on me. Ken Matalolo, guys like that, that I, I stay in contact uh, often. So, um, I'm just thankful for all their, their love and their, their friendship and, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the more people I know and get out there and get opportunities, I'll always support it. So there you go, Kalani Satake, and he's got the right approach to this. He wants to see his assistant coaches get opportunities like he has had them. Obviously, guys don't sign up to be coaches in the collegiate ranks very often to be like, you know what? I want to be a cornerbacks coach for the rest of my career. I want to be a running backs coach for the rest of my career. I want to be an offensive analyst. That's not how they go about things. I would say, by and large, 98%, if not more, of coaches who enter the collegiate ranks and even the high school ranks have aspirations of running their own program one day. They want to be a head coach. Obviously, it takes time to build up to that. Kalani Satake spent, well, what, a decade working as an assistant coach, a defensive coordinator at the Power 5 level at Utah, and then Oregon State under Gary Anderson before becoming the head coach at BYU. And he wants to see his assistant coaches get the opportunities that he has had during his coaching career. I'll tell you this much. The opening at Utah State, I could see no less than four different BYU assistants getting at least a cursory phone call to gauge interest and reach out to them from Utah State's athletic administration. I do believe that John Hartwell, the athletic director at, the, at Utah State University, excuse me, he will take a very measured approach to filling out this new coaching hire. He obviously felt like he was short-circuited last time due to some high-paying boosters or, let's say, one booster who really pushed the agenda and got Gary Anderson hired a second time up there in Logan. But I think now they're going to really take a big approach to things. But they don't need to look very far in terms of looking for candidates. There are going to be candidates at Weber State with Jay Hill. I'm sure there are assistants on staff at Utah who have interest. Frank Miley, who will be the interim coach, he's the co-defensive coordinator and assistant head coach at Utah State. He'll get a look. But I think that there are four assistants at BYU in particular in this case of Utah State who will get interest from the Aggies. You're probably wondering, okay, who are the four, Jake? Well, one, Jeff Grimes. Two, Aaron Roderick. Three, Ed Lamb. Four, Elisa Tuiaki. All of them bring different pros and cons to the position in terms of their qualifications. Ed Lamb, a former head coach at the FCS level, really helped build up Utah, uh, Southern Utah, not Utah State, build up Southern Utah into a pretty good FCS program. 
kind of fallen on hard times since he left Cedar City. I think he had a near 500 record overall during his time leading the Thunderbirds. Elisa Tuiaki, a former assistant up there at Utah State, had a lot of success, particularly coaching on the offensive side of the ball, the running backs coach, for most of his tenure in Logan. But obviously he's very familiar with the program and the lay of the land up there. Aaron Roderick is a Utah lifer, a guy that played at BYU, coached at Utah, now coaching back at BYU. He knows this state. He's one of the ace recruiters in this state, and particularly recruiting Southern California, does a great job. Does he have the bones to make the jump from passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach to head coach? I don't necessarily know that he does. And then Jeff Grimes. I think a lot of people see the writing on the wall that Jeff Grimes is likely to get a head coaching job at some level before too long. He's done a great job as an offensive coordinator, and I think he has aspirations of being a head coach. Could Utah State be the right spot for him? He's coached twice here in the state of Utah, obviously, both times at BYU, but he's worked at Boise State. He's worked at Colorado. He knows the Intermountain West. He's a Texas guy. He can recruit in Texas. He can recruit in the South because he's been in the SEC for a lot of his career. He also is coaching very well in Arizona, where a lot of good athletes from Utah State have come from. So I think there are going to be a lot of interest from different assistants on BYU staff. And I'm not speaking just of Utah State. That was just a local example. This staff, speaking of BYU, is going to have a lot of interest for assistant coaches. I would imagine guys like Fessy Satake get opportunities maybe to get find a bigger role for himself. Maybe he's a passing game coordinator, an offensive coordinator. I think uh, Preston Hadley, Gennaro Guilford. They're all going to have interest. It's a matter of it being the right position for them and them deciding, you know what, I want to spread my wings a little further and go somewhere else and coach. Kalani Satake would like to keep his staff intact. He's had great continuity for the last three years. And not surprisingly, what are they doing right now? They're a top 10 ranked program who is just having a marvelous season. But the thing is, though, when you have this type of success, there is going to be interest from programs around the country in these assistants. We'll see what ultimately plays out this offseason. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves looking forward to this, but it is a bye week and we can look forward to this. I think BYU is going to run the table. And this offseason, I think it could be a a little bit of a staff overhaul for Kalani Sitake in terms of retooling and putting new coaches in there as other coaches get opportunities elsewhere. I do think that there's going to be a lot of interest and the question will be, Whoever leaves, can Kalani Sitake replace them and not skip a beat? That's a big key as a head coach is being able, when you lose staff members, to go out and find capable replacements to fill in for them and step in and just kind of keep the machine running and humming along smoothly. We'll see if they can ultimately find that answer, but I do think that there is going to be some pretty high interest in not only Kalani Sitake, but additionally his staff. And it will be interesting to see how things shake out for the Cougars in that regard in the offseason. All right, coming up here in just a moment, the quote of the day did not come from Kalani Satake. It came from freshman sensation Isaac Rex. We talked about him a little bit yesterday. We need to get to a great quote he had about Zach Wilson and just the, um, I guess, lack of swag as he terms it for himself. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Go, guys. I love this company. And Built Go, I've talked to you guys about it. They are trying to help people break through their walls, whether they're physical or mental, no matter what they might be. I am a guy who has two young children under the age of five. I'm in my mid-30s almost. I work a very demanding job, and I wake up very early in the morning. I hit a lot of walls throughout the day, but Bilko has been a fantastic addition to my diet to help me break through those walls, particularly kind of that early to mid-afternoon malaise that seems to set in, guys. 
That's what I love about Built Go. Whether it's mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. It's an easy-to-take 1.5-ounce package. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like the five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's all natural, so it's better for you and your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results, guys. Three unique, three great flavors, excuse me, unique as well. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. I have to say my favorite of the three so far has been the chocolate coconut. I really do think it is a fantastic flavor. I'd encourage you guys to check it out. Check out Built Go by going to BuiltGo.com. Learn more about it. They want to help you guys break through the wall. And right now, when you use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, you'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. It's a great way to help yourself break through the wall. So let's go and work with Built Go. Once again, go to BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and save yourself 20%. If you guys listened to yesterday's podcast, in my film review, the first thing I mentioned is I believe that Isaac Rex is already a star as only a redshirt freshman. He is going to be an absolute stud for the BYU football program, and I am very excited to see how his career plays out. I do have to say, though, many of you uh, may know my background. If you don't, I grew up a child of the 90s and a huge fan of BYU in the 1990s. My earliest memory, one of my earliest memories, I guess, is a child period, but my earliest memory of BYU football happened to come in 1990. Uh, There happened to be a certain number one ranked team that came to Provo. You may know them as the Miami Hurricanes, and Ty Detmer tore them up. And I remember the night that game was going on. My mom and my dad actually were in attendance at that game. And I was livid. Uh, as my parents describe it, I was irate that I was not able to go to that game. Well, for good reason, considering it's one of the biggest upsets in BYU football history. But uh, pushing forward through that, my memories of the 1990s are watching some of the great players of that era for BYU football, and one of them is Byron Rex. And Byron is not active on social media, but his wife is. And Amy, she is a great follow on Twitter if you want to go follow her. But I yesterday, after I talked about Isaac Rex, I put together a little graphic talking about what Isaac has done uh, for BYU and why I think he really is a star. And Amy Rex, I tagged her in the tweet because I figured she'd be interested in this. And she actually tagged it and made me blush slash turn into a total fanboy all over again. Let's be clear. I am a media member now, so my relationship with BYU football is a little bit different. But I am still a young man who grew up a huge fan of the BYU football program. I can never take that out of my system. I promise you that. I still have my moments. If you listen to our special postcast edition or uh, special postgame edition of the podcast after the Boise State win, I think that came out a little bit for me. But Amy Rex yesterday tweeted this out. Byron and I never miss a Locked On Cougars podcast. Jake Hatch is the man. Amy, you made this nearly middle 30s uh, gentleman, myself, Jake Hatch, about fall over because I was like, holy smokes, Byron Rex knows my podcast and listens to it. Because Byron Rex was one of my favorite players as a young man. Like I said, the 1990s. Chad Lewis, Atula Mealy, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, John Walsh, just some of the great players in that era. Ryan Hancock. Man, you can go all the way through the 90s and some of the players I grew up rooting for. Byron Rex is one of my favorites, though. I loved watching that guy play, and it just made my day to hear that from Amy Rex because it makes me think, man, I got a lot more people listening to this podcast than I really think are listening to it. Uh, And uh, by the way, 
thank you to all of you who support the podcast. It truly does mean the world to me that you guys even care to listen to me blather on about BYU football every day, but hopefully you find it of worth. And Amy and Byron, thank you. Your son, on the other hand, had the quote of the day from BYU football media availability yesterday. It was absolutely fantastic. And the best way I can describe my personal uh, look at what I see from uh, Isaac Rex is that he truly has the Southern Californian uh, surfer laid back mentality down to a T. And I don't mean that in a bad way because he is a phenomenal football player, obviously. He's doing great things as a redshirt freshman, bodes very well for the rest of his career. But he was asked yesterday about the swag that guys like Zach Wilson on BYU's football program have. And here was his response. If you look at me during games, I have no swag. I have long socks and I just I don't have like any sleeves. I just have gloves and I wear a towel. That's kind of my only swag. He hasn't talked to me about it anyways, but I'm not the biggest fashion guy. So um, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of hope for me in getting in the swag department, but you know, Zach can pull it off. He's good looking. A lot of girls like him and, but he has a girlfriend. So, um, but he, he has swag to him. So he's a, you know, if he if he wants to do it, he he could do it. But as for me, I'm I'm a more simple man, and I don't really like a lot of. I'm not as that fast, so a lot of things will weigh me down. So I need to be as I can't have that much gear on me, or else I'll be slower. So Isaac Rex is a more simple man, and he does not have a lot of swag on the field. You don't see a bunch of the armbands, the sleeves. You don't see a lot of that with him. I think the most ostentatious thing. Isaac Rex has going for him as he writes with a marker on his arm. Where's the number 89 on his arm in honor of Matt Bushman. And you know what, Amy Byron, if you're listening to this, you have a great son. There's no doubt about that. I'm not trying to suck up. I mean it sincerely. Every interaction I have had with Isaac Rex has been absolutely phenomenal. This is a young man that I think the world of, and I think he is going to be a fan favorite for years to come in a BYU uniform. But that comment about the swag and Zach Wilson being popular with the ladies and everything is just classic. It was the perfect delivery, the perfect tone, just that laid-back Southern California San Clemente surfer attitude that I feel like you got Isaac Rex has. And props to you, sir. Well done with the quote of the day. So big thank you to Isaac Rex for that quote. And you know what? Zach Wilson does have swag. Gunnar Romney's got swag. But Isaac Rex... He does not have swag, and he has no problem not having it, apparently. And once again, big ups to the Rex family. Love having people who interact with the podcast, and more importantly, people who I looked up to as a young man now listening to me talk about the program that I have loved for years and years. So there you go. Some of the thoughts from BYU's media availability. Coming up next, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A couple of things you need to note, particularly one very downer note from BYU and their athletic administration. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, if you guys would like to be involved on a deeper level with the Locked On Cougars podcast, we'd love to have you guys be an advertiser with us. Whether you own a company, you've got a service, a product you're trying to promote, we have thousands, and I mean this sincerely, thousands of BYU fans who listen to this podcast each and every day, and we'd love to get your guys' product out in front of them. Our rates are very competitive. There's no better time to join the Locked On Podcast Network than right now, guys. We have a great team of advertising professionals who can help you have success in the digital sphere. If you'd like to reach an upscale audience who has disposable income, love to have you guys on board with here 
on board with us here on the podcast. So feel free to reach out locked on BYU at gmail.com. That's locked on BYU at gmail.com. Reach out, happy to get you in touch with our team and get you on the way to having advertising success with us here on the locked on Cougars podcast and the locked on podcast network. All right, folks, as we close out this podcast on a Tuesday, I don't mean to go out on a downer note, but I do need to pay tribute to some fallen colleagues and colleagues in the sense that they're not fellow media members, but they might as well be some of the closest confidants that I have had in this business. I've been working in sports media for going on a decade at this point in my life. I started in 2010 working with Greg Rubel as an intern at KSL News Radio, and in the decade since, I have held a number of positions worked in a different uh, environment at multiple locations, but I love what I do. One thing that my job requires is pretty much almost daily interaction with sports information directors and SIDs at different universities. If you don't know what the sports information department is at a university, essentially they are the PR arm of a university's athletic department. Think of it this way. Many of you who work in a company, you probably have a PR director or a PR team who kind of raises the profile of your company or whatever you guys are trying to do. If you're a nonprofit, all the different things that people do. Well, it's no different at the university level. BYU has had a phenomenal sports information department led uh, by guys like Duff Tittle. He has been the associate athletic director for sports information for I don't know how long. Duff arrived there in the mid-1990s, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been a long, long run with Duff Tittle in charge of BYU sports information department. But yesterday, news came via a press release from BYU Athletics that they are restructuring the BYU Athletic Department, in particular, the BYU Sports Information Department. The bummer news that came out of this is that essentially, based on everything that I know, and I can't speak to this directly, but I've talked to a few of the people who are affected by it, but it sounds like the vast majority of the current sports information staff for BYU lost their jobs yesterday. That is an absolutely awful thing to talk about because in this current environment with COVID-19 raging, just so many things going on, it just seems like at every turn, especially in the field I work in, in sports media, people are losing their jobs. Just a couple weeks ago, the Deseret News lost a bunch of guys, especially in their sports department. Yesterday comes news of essentially, I think, what, 90% of BYU Sports Information staff lost their job yesterday. And that kills me because these are people I have known for longer than a decade in some cases. Some of them are people I have known before I even worked in the media. And to see them lose their jobs tears me up on the inside. So first off, I want to say thank you to Kenny, to Ari, to Norma, to Kyle, all of the BYU Sports Information staff who lost their jobs yesterday. You guys are in my thoughts and prayers. I know this is probably a weird thing to take a personal note on, but I need to get this out there because I appreciate everything they did for me. They have helped me along the way in my media career to so many different levels. Sports information personnel, sports information directors, they have a very unique relationship. They're the gatekeepers for their respective sports that they cover and work for at the university. So guys like Brett Pine and Kenny Cox, they're the gatekeepers for BYU football. We bug them as sports media members all the time. Requests for interviews, questions about certain statuses of players, coaches, whatever it might be. We bug them all the time. And they do a great job covering the team and helping promote the team. 
but they have lost their jobs yesterday. John McBride is coming in as the new Associate Athletic Director for Communications and Media Strategy. He comes over from the Central Communications team at Brigham Young University. Essentially, he worked up on the main campus running comms for BYU as a university, and now he will transition to working with BYU Athletics. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, Tom Homo was quoted in this. BYU's athletic director said, quote, this was a strategic decision we felt we needed to be made. While the impact of COVID-19, including a multi-million dollar revenue loss, can't be ignored and requires us to make fiscal decisions, we feel like we're moving forward with a new model that's going to allow us to be more efficient in our future plans. The move includes a reduction of force, of force among media relations personnel. New hybrid communications positions have been created with an emphasis on social media while retaining traditional media relations responsibilities. I, it tears me up to see good friends and people I have worked with for going on a decade, in some cases longer than that, lose their jobs. I wish whoever takes over those roles nothing but the best, and I look forward to working with them. But they have some huge, and I mean huge, shoes to fill, filling in those responsibilities. So I needed to take a minute today and talk about these people. Norma, uh, just Norma, Ari, Kenny, uh, just Braden Taylor. There's so many names out there. I can't name them all. I'm probably going to forget somebody. So I apologize if I did not mention you if you're listening to this. But know that you guys are in my thoughts and prayers. And if there's anything I can do for you, if you're listening to this, feel free to reach out. It just, it, it, it hurts because this is a very tenuous position to be in, especially in sports media currently. There's so many revenue shortfalls with regards to the sports world that got disrupted due to COVID-19. And to see friends, confidants, and people you've worked with for a long time lose their jobs, it's not easy. Plain and simple. And I, I wish nothing but the best for those affected yesterday by the cut downs at BYU and their athletic media relations department. I hope nothing but the best for them moving forward. All right. That's going to do it for today. Like I said, I don't want to go out on a downer note, but I did need to pay tribute to all of those people and let them know that I'm thinking of them today in particular and thinking about them yesterday, etc. All right, that'll do it. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Got a lot more coming this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the stuff we learned from Kalani Satake yesterday. The uh, Zach Wilson-Heisman train, The I guess the move with the BYU Sports Information Department that I don't know how that's going to be affected, by the way. They had announced kind of essentially an initiative to really promote Zach Wilson for the Heisman. Who knows what's going to happen with that? We'll talk a little bit more about what that might mean for BYU football coming up on a podcast later this week. And we'll just have a lot of fun in general. I'd like to do a mailbag segment at some point this week. So if you have questions about the BYU football program, send them in now. You can send them on social media. We are available. We have a presence on all three major social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. You can follow us there. You can follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Love hearing from you guys. And also feel free to email us as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to reach out that way. So big thank you once again for your support and look forward to hearing from you guys, getting some of your questions and answering them on probably Thursday is what we'll aim for here on the podcast. And one thing, by the way, 
tomorrow's podcast. You don't want to miss it. I've been asking you guys to leave your ratings and reviews. We'll do a giveaway for some BYU Nike gear tomorrow on the podcast. So make sure to tune on, tune into tomorrow's show and see if you are a winner. We'll, of course, be contacting the winner and letting them know how we can get that gear to them and everything. All right, that's going to do it. I'll sign off now. A big thank you once again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 10th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.